Welcome, welcome, welcome everyone to Sister Wives with Mary Jane Kay. Today, I'll be giving my commentary on Sister Wives Season 3, Episode 4, The Four Lives of Cody Brown. This is at a time when Cody and everyone is still living in the separate rentals in Vegas, pre-cul-de-sacs and wet bars. Now, we know around Vegas is when Cody started spending the lion's share of his time at Robin's house. And we know the relationship with Christine went completely downhill around the time of the move to Vegas. The episode starts with Cody complaining that each day he is staying in a different house with a different wife and he has stuff in all four houses and it's so difficult for him. And they show Cody kissing each of his wives, Mary included, and it is so weird to see Cody being super affectionate with Mary. Now, Cody complains that his stuff is scattered through four different houses. What a hardship that this poor man has to endure. I don't know how he does it. He is just so brave and so courageous to get through it. Not only does this man have one roof, but he has four. And he has enough stuff, apparently, for four houses. Cogtex complains that constantly uprooting himself is causing him anxiety. Yes, We all feel for Cody's anxiety. Poor thing, this is just such a hardship. But he doesn't seem too concerned for the stress and the trauma and the anxiety and the depression that he causes for his kids each time he uproots them, probably for Robin's sake. This is all about Cody and how it affects him and the anxiety he feels having to live in a different house each night. Next, a very pregnant Robin is beaming. All of the attention is on her and she loves the limelight. She gushes that everyone is begging her to find out if her spawn is a boy or a girl. But she isn't telling. Everyone will just have to wait. So then she can get the focus on her for a little bit longer. I'm sure she just loves being asked, is it a boy? Is it a girl? and all the extra attention pointed at her. Cody says his greatest desire is to have his family back living in one place. Christine wants she and Cody's relationship to go back to how it was. And she says she doesn't feel special anymore. Now, this is the beginning of season three, and she's saying she doesn't feel special anymore. And I think what she means is she wants her relationship to go back to how it was pre-Robin. And she doesn't feel special because, of course, we know Cody stopped doing things fair and equal with all of his wives and all of his kids and all of his households around Vegas. So it's no surprise that as early as season three, we hear Christine vocalizing that their relationship isn't how it was. And she doesn't feel special anymore because, of course, Cody began neglecting all his other wives and kids for Robin and her kids. And that was one of Christine's fears. In the beginning of season one, she said she feared that Cody was replacing his family with Robin and her kids. I also wonder if Cody loses interest when a wife stops popping out kids. And Robin was the new baby maker, so Cody focused on Robin. Plus, she was pregnant with their first child. Now, Cody says it's been a challenge. Ever since they moved to Vegas... From the move to setting up in the vacation home and then moving into four separate homes, moving to Vegas is a huge challenge and trying to manage his time is a huge challenge. Trying to make it so all of the relationships are nurtured is a huge challenge. 
In Utah, they had one house. So he says the kids all had access to him. And Cody also had access to everybody. And the kids also all had access to each other. So it was more of a family environment in one home, being all together all the time. And now they live in Vegas and they have four separate homes. And Janelle lives on a street about four blocks to the north is Robin. And one block to the west is Christine. And then a mile away, a mile to the east is Mary. And Cody says, in the Old Testament, there is Abraham and Moses, and they both had two wives. But it doesn't say whether they had two tents or one. It doesn't say if David, who Cody says had eight or so, he doesn't know how many wives David had, but it doesn't say how many palaces David had. So he says there's no roadmap. He says to have one big home or four homes right next to each other, that's his ideal. It's interesting how in Utah, Cody had his ideal of one big home, and then he moved away, and in Vegas, eventually they had the cul-de-sac with four homes right next to each other, and then they moved from that because Robin insisted on being where Dayton got accepted in school, even though Dayton wanted to go to college alone and have the normal college experience of every kid wanting to move away when they're 18 and go to school and grow up. And apparently, according to Peyton in an interview he did, Robin refused to cut the apron strings and she insisted on smothering. She smothered Dayton. She insisted on moving where he was going to be, even though he wanted to have the college experience alone. That's Robin's parenting style, smothering. I also find it interesting how Cody compares himself to biblical figures in the Old Testament, as if he is emulating them. We're on par with prophets and kings and biblical figures. He probably views himself that way. At this point, as his hero, as the hero for the polygamist people like him, who can live free out in the open because of him. Now, Cody complains that he is living out of a suitcase, traveling from home to home, as he rotates his schedule so that he can spend time with his family. And he says he doesn't always see everyone every day. He doesn't always see all of his kids daily. And for Cody, that's a problem. And that's a problem for the moms too. Christine mentions how tonight they're all going to go to a family dinner. They're going to a Mexican restaurant. She thought that the kids would be really excited to go to this dinner, but she is getting a lot of resistance from the kids. They're not excited about going. Now, my thought is it's Cody's night with Christine and they only see each other one out of every four nights and they like the family to get together as often as possible. They try to do it at least once or twice a week. So tonight on Christine's night with Cody, it's Cody's exclusive time with Christine and her kids that he only gets one out of four days. They are having dinner with the whole family. Maybe that's why her kids aren't excited. They're getting gypped out of personal time with their father. Now, maybe is it possible that Christine's kids miss their dad and they've had a lot of upheaval and change with the move and spending time with them alone, their separate family unit, is what they need and what they want. And maybe they just want to spend quality time with their dad rather than filming at a family dinner on their one night a week. Now, kids eat free at this Mexican restaurant, so that's why they pick this place. I would be annoyed as fuck if I was the waitress or the manager or the owner, knowing that five adults came with 16 kids and only five people were paying for meals. And Cody, not to be rude, but he doesn't look like the type of guy who would tip well. If I was the waitress, I would hate 
my life. Now, maybe the restaurant liked the free publicity, who knows? It's basically free advertising on a major network. And we know they frequent this restaurant a lot, the Browns. Last time when the wives took Cody out for a special dinner to give him his Cotta ring, they also took him to this Mexican restaurant. Hunter mentions how he's going to go. He's going to be working on his uncle's ranch in Wyoming with friends this summer. And Mary asks why Hunter doesn't like it in Vegas. And he responds for so many reasons, for more reasons than he can count. Logan doesn't hate Vegas, but it's nothing compared to Utah. Aspen says they're just going to be pissy about moving for the rest of their lives. Logan says he'll be fine, but he knows he will be going back to Utah. Now, Cody doesn't know if he can ever go back to Utah, but he knows that his kids will want to go back. His kids miss their peers and they miss Utah in general. But Cody doesn't know what the future holds, but he does know that next week he would really, really like to move into one house, or he says, as if almost prophetically, he would like to move into a cul-de-sac with four homes, but he says that won't happen. Now, the server is making table-side guac, and the kids are absolutely fascinated by watching it. It's so cringe how enthralled everyone is. All he's doing is making guac. But they're just like staring at the waiter as he's making it. And then they all clap like it's the ending of Hamilton or something. Like they are very into this guacamole. I've never seen that much enthusiasm for guac. And I love guacamole personally. But I can't say I've ever clapped for it. These people were looking at that guacamole like a UFO was flying down from the skies and a little green man popped out of the UFO when it landed. Cody makes a speech in the middle of dinner. Of course, he likes the attention on him. He needs everyone's attention and what better way than to make a speech. Cody says this reminds him of how special it is when they're all together as a family. It's a nice experience for them. Cody says that Logan has mentioned his concern over whether the whole family will be able to get together living on one property before he leaves for college, by the time he leaves for college. And Cody says that's his greatest desire in his life, to have them all back together as a family in one place. And Cody thinks that the moms will help him to achieve it, and then they toast to that. Next, King Cody gives everyone permission to eat as if he is the king. Okay, you can all eat now. Now, with the Queen of England, when she has dinner with people, she takes the first bite, and when she is done eating her course, whatever course they're on, once she puts her fork down, everyone is done with that course too. So when Cody gives everyone permission to eat like a king, he probably loves it. Mary says that after family functions in Utah, all of the teens would gather at her house, her area of the one big house, and they would stay up. They would talk after the family function. They would talk after the dinner. They would have fun together. And now it's different in Vegas. Everyone has separate homes. So it's lonely when their big family functions are over. That means it's all over. Now, Cody says goodnight to all of his kids in the parking lot because it's Christine's night tonight. And Cody says, jealousy creeps in when one wife says in her mind that he loves her more than me. He says the problem is his wives are going to wonder sometimes 
whether or not he loves somebody else more than them. And he says that's a huge burden because then you have to prove yourself. So then it makes it more of a challenge. Well, it's probably less of a challenge when you divide your time equally and you try to invest equally and fairly in all of the homes with all of the wives and kids. And it's also probably less of a challenge when you don't pick an obvious favorite wife and her kids and show blatant favoritism in every aspect of life, including financially. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Now, Cody is complaining what a huge burden it is when he and Robin have shoved in our faces and in his family's faces from the get-go that he and Robin are soulmates. And Cody complains it's a burden for him now to prove he loves everybody the same when he makes it so obvious he prefers one wife to the rest. And now, so far along in seasons to season 17, we have Cody actually asking his wives to morph into Robin to become her so he can then be willing to have a good relationship with them. He instructs Janelle to be loyal like Robin, basically to be more obedient, to be more compliant. And he complains about the burden to him, the husband who chose this lifestyle, who insisted he could live up to the challenge of maintaining four marriages, insisted that he could handle this, that he was up to the challenge when he signed up for this. And now he's complaining that it's a burden when he makes no effort himself. Yet we also never hear him address the burden on his wives. Only his burden of how hard it is to prove he doesn't love Robin more than them. Now, Janelle says she lets her mind play tricks on her when Cody is away as to what kinds of really great fun things Cody is doing with the rest of the family that she is being left out of. She has major FOMO, apparently FOMO, when Cody is not with her. Christine says she asks where Cody is. Where is Cody? He's not here. So she assumes that means he is having fun somewhere else. Janelle says that's a challenge of living separately in four separate homes. She says when you live the way that they do, that there are suggested guidelines that she believes are given as tips. There's no handbook, but one guideline is you can't compare because that is death. It's interesting how Janelle is saying Comparing your marriage to another in the plural family is death. And Robin suggested last tell-all that everyone wants her orange when they have apples. That's what she blames the failure of Cody's three other marriages on. 
that the exes compared and that they were jealous, they were envious. It would have nothing to do, of course, with Cody refusing to invest in his kids or in the marriages if his other wives could not morph into the perfect Stepford wife, Robin, so that their marriages could be carbon copies of the one he has with Robin, so that it's more convenient on him. And so then, and only then, he can stomach the burden of the consequences of the decision he made to live as a polygamist husband, when all he thought he wanted is monogamy with his soulmate. But clearly, we see him in season 17. He has monogamy. He achieved it. He successfully pushed out most of his kids and all of his wives, save Robin. And he's not any happier than when he was a polygamist. Janelle says, you can't compare yourself or your relationship or your situation with any of your sister wives because when you compare, you will never, ever be happy. Christine says, She doesn't think Cody is very equal with his time. And she thinks Cody caters to Robin, to whatever Robin needs, to Robin's kids, to all of Robin's needs. And she thinks Cody is spending all this time building up he and Robin's relationship. And Cody doesn't realize that his relationship with her really isn't that great. And she says he needs to spend some time developing their relationship too. Cody says that he has never been here with Christine before in this place. Christine has never been so troubled before in their relationship. He has never seen her this way before. And Cody says he has loved Christine all of his life. And they've had this great relationship, but they're now at a point where they have to work out some kinks. Christine says, She isn't trying to put all the blame on Cody or all of the blame on Robin either. And in fact, she doesn't put a lot of the blame on Robin at all. She says Robin is phenomenal. Robin is wonderful. Now, let's contrast this with the way Robin treated Christine. Robin called Christine a liar in her own home. She attempted to invalidate the experience that Christine and Cody had when Christine was recounting her experience of her marriage to Cody. She attempted to invalidate that Christine was divorced and contrast that and Christine's diplomacy and saying she doesn't blame Robin with all the blame Robin places on Christine and with all the anger and resentment Robin holds for Christine and how she blames Christine for robbing her of her dream of polygamous bliss. Now, Robin coming into the family really burst Christine's bubble. And when Christine realized she would become chopped liver on Cody's back burner and she was the last wife for so many years, and this is as early as season three when Christine is really vocalizing how she doesn't feel special, she's not happy, but she doesn't blame Robin. Notice, she says, Robin is wonderful. I don't blame her. Yet, when Christine wants to leave Cody, Robin is full of blame. She's full of anger. She's full of resentment towards Christine. As early as the beginning of season three, Christine is clearly vocalizing that Cody neglects her. He neglects their relationship. He neglects her kids. He neglects his marriage to prioritize Robin and meeting all of Robin's needs and all of Robin's kids' needs. And Robin and all of her kids are very needy. And this is in Vegas pre-cul-de-sac. 
And Christina's already noticing the disparity. And she is saying already, Cody isn't spending his time equally. He prioritizes Robin and his marriage to her when their marriage needs work. And Cody is saying he has loved Christine all of his life when obviously we know that's not the case. And he admits this in the tell-all in season 17. He admits he married Christine for her status as polygamy royalty and to gain clout and to look cool in church. And he admits many times he never loved her. It wasn't romantic for him. And we also know he was not attracted to Christine. Yet here in season three, he claims he always loved her and he has never seen Christine so troubled in her marriage to him. When he knows that behind closed doors as they were filming season one before this, she was already telling Cody she hated plural marriage. And we know this tell-all, Robin claims the wives handed Cody to her. They wanted Cody out of their hair. But we know even during the courtship phase, Christine was complaining about her fears that Cody was replacing his family with Robin and her kids, which is exactly what he did, of course. And we know that she was complaining that he was not spending enough time with his family. And in Vegas, pre-cul-de-sac, she still is saying he isn't investing in their marriage. He isn't spending equal time. He isn't seeing the kids as much. She doesn't feel as important as Robin. She doesn't feel special. So let's remember when Robin says the wives handed Cody to her, that's not the case. The wives wanted equal time. They wanted investment from Cody, especially for their kids. And we also know Cody saying he always loved Christine is a lie. And also that Cody says he has never seen Christine struggle. That's a lie too. When we know from season one that Robin struggled since the courtship because Cody was actively investing more in Robin and her kids than in his own family. Notice how we see Robin repeatedly blame Christine and the other ex-wives. She has a lot of resentment. She blames them. She's angry at them. She said Christine didn't try as hard as she did in her first marriage to make it work. She says Christine didn't try. She is angry at Christine. She is angry at the ex-wives. She claims they want her oranges when they have apples and that oranges aren't better than apples. They're just different. But the wives never really said they wanted a marriage like Robin's. The main concern of Christine seems to be wanting equal time and wanting her kids to get equal time too and wanting equal investment from Cody. She wants fair and equal for all the wives. She wants equal investment and Cody lacks the same level of investment in three other households where he's investing a lot in Robin. He's taking from the other wives to give the lion's share to Robin. He invests a lot with Robin. He takes time from Christine. He takes time from the other wives to give to Robin and her kids, to be able to prioritize her, to be able to meet all of her needs, to be able to meet all of the needs of her kids. And Christine isn't blaming Robin. She blames Cody for being unwilling to see that he needs to also invest in her marriage, not just in Robin's relationship with him and in her kids. Robin is very angry at Christine all the time. And she blames Christine a lot for ruining the picture in her head, her dream of one big happy family and her dream of being old and decrepit with her sister wives in the rocking chairs on the porch with the grandkids. She is angry at Christine during the tell-all, she says, for ripping her dream apart. She is angry that the ex-wives 
compared. She thinks that's why they left Cody because they're comparing their relationship. When Cody is the one comparing, Cody is the one saying, be Robin for me to be able to make this work. Change to emulate her to be able to make this work. She blames them. She blames the wives. Robin blames Christine, but Christine doesn't blame Robin here. And even when Christine says, Cody has a favorite wife later on in season 17, and I don't want to do this anymore, and he neglects the kids, blah, blah, blah. She doesn't blame Robin. She doesn't put all the blame on Robin. She blames Cody for not doing things the correct way. Here she is saying she doesn't blame Robin, that it's on Cody to spend his time equally and to invest equally. Robin blames Christine for not working hard enough on her marriage, but she never, ever, ever puts any blame on Cody for his failed marriages or his failed marriage to Christine. She never has Cody take any of the accountability, yet Christine is wise enough and diplomatic enough and intelligent enough to know that it's on Cody as the husband to invest equally and to spend time equally. It's not necessarily Robin's fault, even though we all know Robin is manipulative as fuck, playing the damsel in distress with Cody. And at this point, Christine can see it's Cody who is at fault. Yet Robin is always so quick to blame Christine and to resent all the ex-wives for her broken picture. It says a lot about Christine's character and the type of woman that Christine is in comparison to Robin, who insists to play the victim. Christine has a much more elevated consciousness and moral code than Robin does, obviously. Now, Christine says Robin has seen her relationship with Cody struggling, and it really, really breaks her heart. Making everyone happy on vacation isn't easy, but you know what is? Going to Aruba. All you have to do is walk out your door to find pristine pools, relaxing white sand beaches, and an island teeming with outdoor activities that'll put a smile on any face. You won't just feel great, you'll all feel great, filled with a calmer, more peaceful vibe that radiates Aruba's warmth. And the best part is, it never fades. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your family trip at aruba.com. Cody is laying in bed with his kids and Christine. They're reading bedtime stories. And Cody tells Christine he is not accusing her. Christine says it doesn't matter. And Isabel interjects here and she says she thinks Christine needs to. So basically she thinks her mom needs to accuse her dad. And Christine says it doesn't matter. And making a big deal about something sometimes makes it worse. If you make a big deal about it, it makes it worse. The kids were like elementary school aged, and I never really noticed this at the first time I watched it a long time ago. Truly was just a baby, and already even the kids can pick up on and tell and see that their parents' relationship has issues. They were speaking very calmly, Cody and Christine. They didn't have their voices raised. They weren't giving specifics. They were speaking very generally. Yet the kids seem to know what it was about. Christine says that she is at a point now where she puts a lot more of the responsibility on Cody than she used to. She says she thinks it's just that she needs to make a choice. It needs to be a choice. It needs to be a choice that she makes just to be happy again and to be okay. Unfortunately, we all know it's not that simple. Christine seems to know that Cody is also responsible for the issues in their marriage. 
And at this point, she knows that the issue is that Robin matters more to Cody and that she feels less important to Cody. She feels less special to Cody and that Cody prioritizes Robin's needs and the needs of her kids over her or over investing in their troubled marriage. But to be able to shove it down, knowing Cody won't do anything on his part, she puts it on herself. Christine puts the burden on herself. It's on her to just make the choice to be okay with it and to be happy again. And we all know it's not that easy. It doesn't work like that. Cody's attitude is it's a burden on him when a wife feels he loves another wife more. It's a burden for him to have to prove himself or to have to invest more, to have to wade through the trouble and work it out. Christine called it from day one. She said she was losing her companion and that Cody was spending far too much time with Robin and her kids, so much so that she felt Cody would be replacing his family with Robin and her kids. And of course, we know that's exactly what happened. So now that Christine is feeling the effects of all this, it really makes her unhappy and it's understandable. And Cody having to be fair and equal or Cody as the husband having to reassure her of his love, Cody perceives as a burden and he is unwilling to invest or to make an effort. And Christine knows this. So she is putting all of this on herself as if it's a choice to be happy as a last resort. Christine is putting this on herself as if it's her failure. She's inept. She thinks it's as simple as just shoving it down, making a choice to be happy, making a choice to be okay. The failure is on her. The burden is on her. And the culture of the wives seems to be that it's on the wife. Even Mary says she wishes she could shake Christine later in this episode to tell her that it's on her and she has to give this her all when it's really not on her and it's not that simple and it's ridiculous. It's really drinking the Kool-Aid to think that it's fully on the wife. It's understandable that Christine feels like chopped liver. She just had a baby. She just moved to a whole new place. Vegas probably feels like a whole new world compared to Utah. And she made the move with six kids, one of those kids, just a baby. She just went through the heartbreak of discovering that when she asks her husband for help and she feels overwhelmed and she needs him to help tuck the kids in at night, something simple, a few nights a week, that he can't do it and that a 10-year-old Aspen has to be parentified all during Christine's high-risk pregnancy because Christine has to go work the part-time job. But she sees Cody falling all over himself to help Robin at the very first sign of spotting. And she sees him spending a disproportionate amount of time over at Robin's house investing in their relationship when her whole world has changed. She was the last wife for like 16 years, for a very long time. She was Cody's companion. She was the last wife. And now she feels as if she is being replaced with Robin. She's being cast aside. And her husband's attitude is, this is a burden. Because it's inevitable that his wives will feel that he loves another wife more. So now it's a burden on him since they feel that way because it's inconvenient for him. His attitude is almost like it's not his problem. Women go through jealousy. They're envious. He's not going to deal with it. This is women's stuff. It's inevitable. 
But what's really going on, it's not about jealousy or envy or anything like that. The wives feel the way that they do because Cody is behaving differently than he did before. He isn't investing as much and he's giving the lion's share of his time and attention and investment to the manipulative damsel in distress while he's neglecting everyone else. And we have Christine saying behind closed doors, she hates polygamy. She felt like the basement wife, all while having to sell polygamy to the cameras. It's probably exhausting and it's heartbreaking. It's devastating for her probably. And she is now chalking it up to a choice, a choice she has to make to just be okay. And she has to make this choice at this point to just be happy, to just be okay. And it's not that simple, but it's the only way she knows she can cope. And she knows she has kids to raise. She has to compartmentalize. She has to get through this. Look how far Christine has come. Christine is the first wife who left who is free. She's a very intelligent, strong, smart, beautiful, independent woman. And I really hope she has all the success in the world and every blessing going her way. She deserves it. Christine says that making that choice to be happy and to be okay is harder than she thought it would be. It's challenging for her. Cody and the kids and Christine all pray together and then the kids go to sleep. And Christine tells Cody that McKelty is mad at Aspen and she tells Cody he doesn't want to know why. I kind of want to know why. It's probably over a boy or something like that. And that's probably why she doesn't want to tell Cody. Because we all know what happens when the brown ladies bring a guy friend home. It doesn't even have to be their boyfriend. And Cody's going to stick them in the room and talk about hormones going in their mouth when they kiss and this and that. So it's a fucking horrifying experience. So it's probably if it was anything like that, it's a good thing that Christine didn't mention it. Janelle says, Cody and Christine have both been very open with all the wives that they're at a point now where what was working needs to be changed. It's different now. Their relationship looks different. Christine looks so sad during these confessional scenes. She really looks like she is struggling. Usually she's vibrant, positive, a bright light. And you can just tell looking at her face, looking in her eyes, that she is really sad and heartbroken by this. Janelle says, Cody and Christine are working on their relationship, but she feels the tension and it shakes up the foundation of the whole family when one of the couples is struggling. Christine blames herself here and she says, she has a lot of expectations and not a lot of appreciation. So Cody is walking into a hostile environment sometimes now when it's her night, when he comes over. So she and Cody are just at a point where they are struggling to find themselves. Christine doesn't know if she cares if the relationship is perfect anymore or if it's what Cody wants anymore because it's so much work. Notice how everyone's priority and preoccupation is what Cody wants and changing themselves for him so he doesn't have to be inconvenienced. It's never about what Cody can do for them or what Cody needs to do to make an effort. It's always on the woman, on the wife, that she needs to fix herself. She needs to try harder. It's on her. It's not on Cody. 
Christine doesn't have more expectations than she should. She should get her wants and needs met and she should get what she deserves. And Cody should be giving her enough investment and attention and communication for her to feel secure in the relationship. She doesn't expect too much. And I'm sure she appreciates Cody as much as she can, but Cody does not appreciate her. And we know from later seasons, he doesn't appreciate any of the sacrifices Mary, Janelle, or Christine made for them. He doesn't even see their sacrifices. All he can talk about is his sacrifice and Robin's sacrifice. And Janelle even admits he has a very myopic view. He only sees Robin and what she does and what she brings. He doesn't see what anyone else has done for decades for him, for his family. All the sacrifices Christine made as the primary caregiver to nurture the kids and all the sacrifices Janelle made as the primary breadwinner and the family financial person, the go-to person for finances for years and years and years. Cody doesn't see anyone's sacrifice but himself and Robin. He doesn't appreciate anyone at all. So Christine doesn't have a lot of expectations or too many expectations and not enough appreciation for Cody. Cody is the one who doesn't value and see and appreciate the sacrifices of all of his now ex-wives. Wanting your wants and needs met by your husband and getting what you deserve from your husband and equal investment among all the wives is not more than she should expect. It's not a lot of expectations. It's the standard Cody should be meeting for each of his wives. Christine probably feels so exasperated by her marriage and like it's so much work because she's the only one doing the work, making an effort, as Cody does nothing to change his actions or behavior or investment level. Christine says she knows there is a big payoff she knows for years and years she and Cody had a great marriage. They had a great thing. She just doesn't know what she wants anymore. Cody is leaving the next morning for another wife's house. And Christine says it's hard to see him go because now she won't see Cody again for four days. When back in Utah, it was a three-day rotation. There were three-day intervals. So now it's hard. And it also gets old for the kids. Aspen was complaining recently that she hasn't seen her dad in days with living in the separate houses. And she likes Christine having her own place, but Aspen also realizes there is a downside to that. They don't get to see their dad as much. Obviously, he's not in one house with everyone, so they're not gonna see him every day. They're not gonna see him as often. Cody complains that uprooting himself and replanting himself is literally causing anxiety for him. Imagine how much stress and anxiety the constant moving, probably to please Robin, does to Cody's kids and other wives. Cody's anxiety and stress having to rotate to a different house each night pales in comparison to the stress and anxiety of his kids and wives, especially having to be uprooted so many times to please Cody's whims and probably to appease the goblin. Cody says he knows that we, the viewers, aren't feeling sorry for him. He says he picked this, he chose this, but he can see where some people might think that he is not committed because he is just bouncing around from home to home to home. But Cody says it's not true because it's a very difficult aspect for him to do that we as viewers may not understand. We may not understand it, but it isn't easy to move around. 
Cody says it's a commitment issue for him. It's a commitment to four wives. Notice how Cody is anticipating he will catch flack from viewers. He is worried about what people think about him. He's trying to anticipate what people might think about him, and he's trying to address it preemptively. His main concern is how people perceive him and his optics, when he should really be focused on his wives and kids and their feelings instead of what viewers do or do not think of him. If we don't understand that he is committed or that it's hard on him and we don't sympathize with him, it's the viewer's failure to understand Cody and to understand how hard it is because we aren't polygamous men with many wives in separate homes and we are the inept ones who don't have a grasp on it. So he is letting us know if we don't feel as he feels about it, if we don't take his perspective, then it's because we just are inept. We as viewers don't understand. The next wife in the rotation is Goblin. Cody walks into Robin's kitchen to greet her and she says it's really nice. She's been missing Cody. She wants to see him. And Leo is there watching the kids as Robin and Cody go to get an ultrasound to see what sex their royal spawn is. Aurora wants it to be a girl. Leo also wants it to be a girl. Cody wants a boy. He calls Leo and Aurora traitors for wanting it to be a girl. And when Robin hears Aurora tell Cody that she wants a girl and Cody wants a boy, she tells Aurora that Aurora is so double-minded. And she probably does that because she knows it would please Cody to know Aurora also wants a boy sometimes. Robin has never found out the sex of her babies, so this was really cool, she says. She's a very articulate woman. Going to this sonogram and finding out the sex for the first time, finding out the sex of her baby, it's really cool. Just so articulate. She is so well-spoken. Robin tells the technician that they have 10 girls and 6 boys in the family, so this is baby 17. This is the 17th baby in the whole Brown family. And Cody explains to the lady that this is their 17th child in the whole family, but this is he and Robin's first baby together. And Robin explains 17 is between four mommies. Now, why is a woman in her 30s, a grown ass woman using the word mommy? Why doesn't she say it's between four moms? Why does she use the word mommy? It's so weird. And later on in the episode, she uses tummy to refer to her stomach and her morning sickness. Robin is conversing with another adult. She's not talking with a child. It's weird for her to use the word mommy rather than mom. I don't know. It seems like a term a child would use. Cody explains to the lady that he has four wives and the text mouth is wide open. She is just staring at the sonogram screen. She doesn't know what to say. She's perplexed. She's astounded by this. And you can tell that Cody and Robin both love shocking people and seeing their reaction. The technician responds after a moment with, wow, that's, I guess, cool. She doesn't know what to say. By the look on her face, she's thinking, what in the actual fuck? What is this? The tech has the gender of the baby. And Cody says half the family wants a girl and the other half a boy. Cody is super excited to tell everybody the sex of the baby, but Robin insists they have to wait to figure out the schedule to get everyone all together so she can have 
her big dramatic moment where she gets all of the attention in the limelight. Cody complains that it's always like this. They always have to wait for somebody to be able to make announcements in the family. Why doesn't Robin just wait until it's Mary's night to host a family dinner so that she can hijack the event and really rub it in like she did with her pregnancy announcement? Then she won't have to be the one to do the cooking or the cleaning or the invites. Robin says she has Peyton, Gwen, and Isabel who come over the most and they play with her kids. Sometimes she gets a raid from the teenagers and they will go picking through the fridge. They'll go picking through the cupboards in the kitchen. They'll look for food. Logan will usually eat Robin's leftovers, things she hasn't eaten, things like that. Cody and Robin have dinner with their family. It's her night. They pray before eating. And right after the prayer is over, Cody and Robin kiss at the dinner table. I don't really pray. I didn't know that it could be so romantic. Cody now is helping Robin do the dishes and he understands that Robin has got her hands full. Robin says Cody is always, 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 always helping. That's interesting. He refused to help Christine during her high risk pregnancy with tucking the kids in a couple nights a week when she had to work a part time job. So Aspen, at the age of 10, had to be parentified and do it herself. He, but he does so much helping at Robin's. She's so needy and her kids are so needy. And Cody gets to play the hero and feel important as Robin praises him for all of his helping. Where is the help at Christine's? Where do we see her needs being met by Cody or Janelle's needs being met or Mary's for that matter? I understand that Cody deeply loves Robin. He isn't there out of commitment. He is there because all of his being wants to be there. His heart is all in it. He's fully immersed. He's jumped into the water head first. But Cody also had 16 kids with three women before this. And he agreed to form a plural family with these women and these kids. And just because he feels intense love and intensely invested with Robin, his soulmate, and just because he naturally wants to be there instinctively, it's not fair or right of him to neglect his other households or marriages. He signed up for this. He said he would be able to do this. And just because he loves Robin more or they have that soulmate's connection, it doesn't make it acceptable for him to not invest equally these other places regardless of how he feels in those relationships. The wives and kids shouldn't be getting less than they were just because he feels madly in love with the goblin and she is very manipulative and needy. And as a husband, regardless of what his heart wants and his emotions are, he has an obligation and a responsibility to give every wife in the plural family the same, regardless of what his heart wants. They weren't asking for that same romance and love that Cody and Robin have. They were asking for fair and equal and Cody stopped doing things equally and fairly just because he loved Robin more when he made commitments to these women, whether he loved them or not, the way he loves Robin, he should still be investing the same. The kids, the lives he created with those women deserved equal investment from him as Robin's kids got, and he should have made an effort to have better relationships with his wives, regardless of the fact that he doesn't love them in the same way as Robin 
or he might love them less, or he might love them in different ways, he still is required to make an effort and invest equally with them to have better relationships with his wives. He should have made an effort to have better relationships with his wives without considering it a burden on him. He is the one who made the choice to live this way. Cody complains that he just cashed out his retirement and it's going to be taxed and he is renting four homes, so he also gets no tax advantages. Tomorrow, they're going to have a family business meeting with all the adults at two o'clock to explore many different business ideas. Cody says once they get a business going for the family, he will be feeling better. It seems like they're really short on cash. So why doesn't Cody sell that watch on his wrist or maybe some of his midlife crisis toys, like maybe the luxury two-seater convertible he can't really use practically in the family or his motorcycle or things of that nature? He could get rid of those. The most important thing is that Cody gets his family in homes that are next to each other, he says. Robin says she watched her mom and dad have a honeymoon experience for years and years and years. And she wanted to have this sweet experience in her relationship with Cody. That's what Robin wants for herself and for Cody. Janelle says she thinks that's not realistic. I agree with Janelle. She tells Robin this, that it's not realistic. And Robin says she knows that Janelle thinks that, and that's okay. And Mary tells Janelle that for Robin, it's very real and it's what Robin wants. Robin insists that it's very real for her and she will work on it as much as she possibly can. So what she does to create this honeymoon experience is she does all of her other stuff and all of her chores and all of her housework when Cody is not around. And when Cody is there on her night, she prioritizes Cody. The night is her night with Cody. So after the kids go to bed, Cody and Robin look at old photos of Robin and her kids together. They sit there and she says they make each other the priority whenever it's Cody's night. Cody prioritizes her, Robin prioritizes him. And Robin says you create this really cool experience of being with each other and then Cody goes and he gets to go be with someone else he hasn't seen for a few days. And he is happy there too and it creates this really cool absence makes the heart grow fonder experience. And Robin says she has a honeymoon experience and she hopes to have a honeymoon experience with Cody for years and years to come because she watched it happen and it can be done. By it can be done, she means she can manipulate the fuck out of Cody and play damsel in distress so Cody can feel like the hero who she depends on. She comes from a failed marriage, from a broken family with her kids. She comes from a divorce and she can manipulate Cody and she can manipulate her time with him to force it to be the way she insists she has to have it in a honeymoon phase. Are they still in the honeymoon phase now? I don't know. Robin says she treats Cody like her best customer. It seems like a business deal to me. Now that she and Cody live in monogamy and she can't solely cater to Cody 24-7, is it still in the honeymoon phase? It doesn't seem like it. Cody is touching Robin's belly and he tells her she just doesn't seem really big yet. Cody says Robin is coming into a family that is very big and she wants a close relationship with all of her sister wives and she also wants a relationship with him and she also wants a relationship 
with the entire family. And that is great to bring into a family. So Robin has a lot of love and a lot of capacity for love. And the family also has a lot of capacity to love her back. Wow, this is before Robin perpetuated the us versus them narrative. I mean, she already started during the courtship phase, but she really didn't make it a big deal that she was rejected until later on when she realized that she wasn't going to be the star of the Brown family. And she wasn't going to be the loved and adored Princess Diana of the family. I think when Robin didn't get the reception that she felt entitled to, where she would have like the most adored, revered spot in the family and everyone just loves her and oh, open arms and oh, she's the best. When she didn't get that response, the same response Cody gave her from everyone in the family, she then started creating a narrative in her mind that she's being rejected, that it's personal, that people don't like her. And it's really not the case necessarily, but she feels guilty. She feels it in her conscience. She knows she's the favorite wife. She knows that Cody gives her the level of investment she wants to the detriment and neglect of all his other wives and kids. She feels it. She knows it. She knows people resent her because of this, understandably, and that she isn't this universally loved person in the family. And so she then creates a narrative in her mind that she's rejected, that it's personal, that she's bullied, that everyone hates her and her kids in the family. No one accepts her when that's not true. And then she starts getting Cody involved in it because she's delusional. She's a nut. Now it's the next morning and Robin isn't feeling good. And she speaks to Cody like she's five years old, like a child. She's saying, Her tummy wants to throw up. That's how like a four or five-year-old articulates. My tummy wants to throw up. That's how a kindergartner says it. Now, this is a middle-aged adult woman in her 30s saying, my tummy wants to throw up. Why can't you say, I feel nauseous. I have morning sickness. It's so weird to say, my tummy wants to throw up. She's so articulate and so well-spoken, this woman. Wow. She always prides herself on her communication skills and Cody always claims she's just like the best communicator in the whole wide world. Oh, I could see how articulate she is. Cody wants to go for a walk with Robin and he's kind of spazzing out. He doesn't know where shorts are. He doesn't have shorts at Robin's house. So Robin suggests that Cody throw on jeans and walk to Christine's just a few houses away and he can grab shorts there anything he has their athletic wear and he can come back to her house and then they can walk. So Cody runs down to Christine's house to do what Robin suggests right away. And Robin says, when it's close to the time when Cody has to leave, she gets a little bit sad. And she says, if she lets him leave during her time, that's huge because she doesn't usually let Cody out of her sight during her time. So he's lucky she allowed him to leave to walk to Christine's to get the clothes he needed to be able to go for a run or go for a walk. Now, Cody complains that he doesn't have the right stuff at every house and he doesn't have enough stuff at every house. Cody says he has been in this place for 22 years and there are certain things that you need in a marriage. But number one is you gotta have love. It's interesting that Cody says number one is love when now this season he's all about respect. You got to have respect. If you don't have respect 
Don't bother with the love. You guys remember that one? So interesting that Cody says you got to have love. That's number one. But he admitted he definitely didn't marry Christine for a love. He didn't love her. It was for her status in the church to look cool and elevated to gain clout in his community. So number one, you got to have love in a marriage. That's what Cody says, but he didn't have love with Christine, although Christine was head over heels for him. And it wasn't necessarily love with Janelle either. And love, according to Cody, won't survive without communication. Now, that's true, of course. If you don't have communication and you don't have good communication, the love won't survive. Cody says communicating and loving is an important factor. And this is why he feels like it works. And he goes on to say that in these kinds of relationships, there are a lot of mistakes. So forgiving becomes another factor as well. It's so important in this family that the five adults all have good relationships. He says otherwise that emotion will spill out into the other relationships. Cody says you got to have love, communication, forgiveness, and commitment in relationships. And the sister wives relationships require it as well. So Cody knows so much about relationships, but he fucking sucks at them. Cody says now, now that they've moved to Vegas, everything in their lives is different. So now he's hoping that there will be a real advantage to doing a business with his four wives because they are all in separate houses. So this will give them good family time. I don't really think family and business mix. I mean, I guess it depends on the family and the dynamics of the family. Cody says it's another double-edged sword, but instead of saying double-edged sword, he says two-edged sword because when they are together all the time, he and his wives, he thinks this is crazy. To start a family business is crazy. He says any monogamist wouldn't work with his wife, but he is going to work with all four of his wives. So it's now Mary's day in the rotation and Cody shows up and it's very weird to see them hugging and kissing and affectionate with each other. It feels like a whole nother couple. It's Mary's day. It's Mary's time, but Cody has to run though. He only wanted to see if Mary had the right clothes at her house. He has to run to meet up with a lawyer friend, a lawyer friend of his for a business meeting because Cody is an entrepreneur. Cody is a businessman. He didn't have dry clothes at any of the other houses, so he really hopes Mary has some clothes at her place for him. Otherwise, he's going to be late to this meeting with the lawyer friend business meeting. <laughs> Mary helps Cody find clothes right away. And Cody explains now that they have come out as polygamists that it's really hard for any of them to get a job. So they need something where they are more independent, where they own a business or they are real estate agents or something that allows them their own autonomy, where the attention they are getting might actually benefit them rather than be a liability where they can't get hired anywhere. Mary asks if she can do anything to help Cody. Mary is very helpful. Mary thinks that the four homes make Cody go crazy because he never knows where anything is anymore and he always hopes something is where he wants it to be, but really he has no idea in which house what of his stuff is 
and he has trouble accessing what he needs and knowing where it is and knowing where to find it. So Mary helps him get his cuffs rolled up and his belt on as if she is dressing a little kid like in a suit and tie and stuff for communion or a wedding or something where you have to help a little kid get dressed because they don't quite know how to do the buttons or they don't quite know how to do the belt or the tie. That's exactly what it looked like. Mary doesn't like not seeing Cody every day, but she does like being alone and she likes having her separate house. She says it's an adjustment to get used to not seeing Cody every day. For her, it's kind of hard. Christine, Robin, and Janelle arrive at Mary's house and Mary says everybody is excited to find out if Robin is having a boy or a girl. Robin isn't telling until the next family get together with all of the kids there too. And you can tell she loves milking this for every drop of attention she can get. Cody finally gets back to Mary's for the family business meeting. And he came up with this idea that he thinks is great to have a business. And he is really exciting about pitching his idea to the family. It's a family food franchise that is health oriented. Janelle just has her mouth wide open. She absolutely hates it. She has a what the fuck look on her face like she can't even believe it. Mary and Christine just start laughing. You can tell Robin isn't crazy about it. Christine says she likes the other venture more than the food idea. Cody feels like they're about to melt down all the time and he asks his wives, does my enthusiasm mean that I bought? He asks if that is what the problem is, his enthusiasm. And Janelle says, yeah, because she has had other ideas for a family business and she was very enthusiastic about those ideas and the family just said no. Exactly, like when Janelle suggested gyms and then they went with the shitty idea of my sister wife's closet that obviously failed and you could tell it was gonna fail before it even got started and it also set the family back financially. Cody says sometimes he thinks He is nuts to do this. He should go with that feeling. Then he would have saved himself the 100K or whatever exorbitant amount of loan he borrowed for my sister wife's closet. Robin gives her input at the business meeting and she states the obvious that they all know that it's going to work best if they all are excited about the idea that they choose to go with. If they're excited about one idea or a couple of the ideas suggested, But the key is it's only going to work best if they're all excited about whatever idea they choose. Now, Mary thinks the idea of a family business is a good idea. But then there is this situation that she really wants to go back to work with at-risk youth. Now, if we remember from season one, she was pursuing her education. She was pursuing a career with at-risk youth. She was working with them and she was really enjoying it. And then she did the show and her employer found out about the show and she was let go. And Mary wants to pursue this. So Mary really isn't sure how much time she wants to devote to a family business. So Robin is joking here, but she's glaring at Mary in confessional. And Mary tells Robin not to look at her that way. And Mary says she wants to pitch in, but... And Robin cuts Mary off. Robin doesn't have time to listen to Mary's dreams or anything that might fulfill her that she wants to work on. She jokingly tells Mary that Mary is trying not to be a part of her family anymore because Mary suggests that she might want to pursue working with at-risk youth and furthering that dream that she has 
overworking on the family business. See how manipulative Robin is? Mary has a dream and she always wanted to work with at-risk youth and she had started doing that in Utah before she got fired and she was successful and she was happy at it. She was pursuing her education as well, I believe. And then she got fired because of the show when they discovered that she was on a reality show. So now it's a time later, years later, and Mary still has that dream that she wants to pursue. She wants to achieve it. She wants to feel fulfilled, and she should. Mary is honest about wanting to pursue her dream. And Robin is jokingly telling Mary that if she picks pursuing her dream over working for the family business, it means she isn't a part of her family. She isn't a part of the team. Robin is such a manipulative bitch. Let's remember, Robin's dream was my sister wife's closet. And that kind of was the family business that they ended up doing, even though Janelle had a much better idea of doing gyms. I think even though they know nothing about fitness, opening the gyms would have been much more successful, especially with Janelle spearheading it, than doing this niche, ugly, the jewelry business, my sister wife's closet. It was a failed business. Everyone knew from the start it would fail. The jewelry was ugly. It was overpriced. It was low quality. They didn't have that much clout or that much fame to really make the business go just because they're on TV. And they overestimated their star power. Cody took out a big loan, I think 100K. It might've been 50K. I don't remember the amount, but for some reason, I'm thinking it was 100K. They lost all this money. It was a very stupid, foolish dream, but they pursued it, of course, because what Robin wants, Robin gets. Now, Mary supported Robin's dream in My Sister Wife's Closet, and she worked tirelessly to help Robin make her dream of My Sister Wife's Closet a reality. And when Mary decided that she wanted to go back to school to pursue her dream that would fulfill her and make her feel good about herself of counseling troubled kids, Robin was pissed at Mary because it meant Mary would go back to school and she would have less time to contribute to my sister wife's closet. And it means Robin would have to put more work in and Robin wanted to have more kids and she really wanted to rely on Mary to do my sister wife's closet. And she was annoyed that Mary wanted to pursue her dream when she really should have been supportive of Mary. Robin wasn't happy for Mary. Robin was pissed because it meant she would have to do more work and she wanted to have more kids at that time. Robin wasn't very supportive of Mary achieving something that she always wanted. When Mary was very supportive and very active in helping Robin pursue her dream. Robin says Mary likes living separately. She wants to get a job all by herself. And Robin jokingly says Mary keeps talking about how they are in different places. And she tells Mary that she said they were going to be a family. And she says it kind of aggressively. It's all in jest, of course. But if I were Robin, I would tell Mary I wanted her to be happy and pursue her dreams and feel fulfilled rather than making passive aggressive jokes as if if Mary isn't on board and all in with the family business, then maybe she wouldn't be a part of the family. And I know Robin is just joking, but it was very passive aggressive. Now, Janelle is serious and she tells Cody that they need to increase the frequency of these family business meetings because their resources are very limited. So they have to get things going very quickly. 
Mary says it's not a one-job household. And Janelle says it's not even a one-job in a business household. It has to be jobs and businesses, multiple. It's Cody's night at Mary's, so he asks Mary if Leo is going to go to dinner with them. Mary sounds kind of bombed when Cody asks this, when Cody asks if Leo wants to join them. And Cody says he thinks that they would have fun with their mom and dad. And Leo asks Cody if he hears the reluctance in Mary's voice. And they say that Mary obviously wants a romantic date with their dad. Now, Cody tells Leo that they have to stay. They can't move away when they get older. And Leo insists that they are moving far, far, far away. Mary asks where Leo is moving to. And obviously, it's Utah. Cody says he was going to build a house with a whole quarter's just for Leo. And Leo asks Cody if he thinks that's going to happen. Cody doesn't know. And they say if they lived in Utah, that would happen. And Cody says that ship sailed months ago. The ship sailed out of Utah and it landed in Plymouth Rock, Nevada. Cody pushes Leo and Mary on swings and he even gets on the swings himself. And He says Leo has always been Mary's only child, but because the family has always been together since before the kids were born, Leo has always had siblings with them growing up in the family. Now in Vegas with the four separate houses, things have changed and Leo is very much like an only child because they're in a house with just their mom and dad. And the kids have mentioned that they think it would be nice for everyone to have immediate access to each other like they had when they were all in one house. And Cody says it's an evolutionary process and everybody's head has got to get in the same place and they all have to work together to achieve living in one house or living in four separate houses that are close together. But Cody's goal will be to put the family back together as close as possible, as soon as possible. It's the next morning now, so Cody wakes Leo up and Leo and Mary are going out of town for a few days. They're gonna visit friends, they're gonna visit family, but they're gonna make it back just in time for the announcement of the sex of Robin's baby. And they're super excited to find out, will it be a boy, will it be a girl? Leo is in a super pissy mood. Mary is gonna make her breakfast, but she lets Leo know that they need to get packed and they need to bring their bags downstairs. Leo doesn't seem to be in that great a mood and Mary is laughing, saying Leo is such a teenager. And Cody is waiting for Leo to leave so he can work out, he says. Mary tells Cody that she woke up in the middle of the night forgetting where she was or what she was doing. And Cody tells Mary everybody always asks him, if he ever wakes up and doesn't know where he is at, which wife's house he's at. And Mary says it's probably safest that he not admit that to a wife if he has. Cody says it's creepy, but he has made that mistake before. He woke up in the middle of the night once at Robin's house. He was half asleep and he told Robin, I love you, Mary. And Robin remembered it the next morning, but she was cool about it. And she asked Cody, what he was dreaming about last night. Mary says she wouldn't want to know what Cody was dreaming of. And Cody says it was nothing, but just telling her makes his toes 
curl. And Mary feels the same way. Cody is all laughing. He loves the attention and he asks Mary if she is uncomfortable. At this point, Leo walks down with all of their stuff and Leo asks what they're talking about and Cody says nothing. They don't want to talk about it anymore. And Leo says they've been talking about it for the past 10 minutes. Leo walks off and Mary mimics strangling someone and she and Cody are laughing at Leo's negative mood. Mary is carrying a bunch of bags out to the car and Cody acts like he is helping by just carrying Mary's water bottle. He says he doesn't want her leaving without a kiss. Cody says he married his soulmate when he married Mary and he says he and Mary are like two peas in a pod. They are genuinely in love, but they will fight like a brother and sister that are teenagers. I don't know what to say about that. Why doesn't he say they fight like the old married couple that they are? It's insane to hear Cody refer to he and Mary as soulmates who are genuinely in love. We know even pre-Catfish, a decade ago or more, around the time they moved to Vegas, he stopped being intimate with Mary. And we also know in one of the counseling sessions with Mary in a later season, post-Catfish, that he says he feels like Mary deceived him from the start. Now, obviously she didn't deceive him, but none of the way that he treats Mary is like they are soulmates. But I will say, I did watch a small part of one of Peyton's interviews, and he did say that Mary was the favorite wife when he was growing up. Um, And he noted that Robin as favorite wife And Mary, as favorite wife, got treated differently. So Robin got treated way better than Mary did when she was favorite wife or the soulmate wife. But that's a kid's perspective on it. Because when Mary was the favorite wife, Peyton was a little kid in like elementary school. It was probably before he was even in junior high. Cody says that he and Mary got in a pretty rough place at one point in their lives and they have to assess this and say are we committed to each other and they agree that they both are committed they then asked are we committed to this marriage they both are but it was like I don't like you right now and he was thinking I don't like you right now either so they asked each other what are we going to do about this and then they made a choice to make their lives better Cody says he and Mary have been through it And now they're going for another 20 years of good marriage. My, my, how the tables have turned. That didn't work out that way, obviously. It's also interesting how Cody perceives it as a good marriage when they aren't being intimate at this time. And he says Mary is his soulmate. And in the book, he says he really loved her when he married her. She was his first love. He mentioned soulmates, I believe, in the book. But he also mentions times when he had huge problems with Mary, when Mary was difficult with the sister wives, when she fought with the sister wives, she would get angry. The sister wives mentioned having issues with Mary, Mary being heavy handed with the discipline with Christine's kids, Mary being overbearing. Janelle talks about Mary slamming doors, how Mary didn't want anyone going to her section of the apartment and walking through it. They had to walk through the outside, even in the cold. 
And Mary mentions in the book when she suggested Robin to Cody and it was their secret that they shared that their marriage was kind of on the rocks and Mary and Cody sharing that secret of Robin without Janelle and Christine knowing kind of brought them closer together and she was getting more attention from Cody. So they didn't have a good marriage and it really wasn't just one rough patch. In season one, we see Cody and Mary on the confessional couch and Mary crying saying sometimes she wonders why she stays and she's really struggling with Robin coming into the family. So it's not all rainbows and sprinkles and they just had one rough patch and now they're soulmates and everything's perfect and it was never like that. But Cody perceives things in an interesting way. He remembers things as he wants to remember them and he revises history all the time. Next, Cody says that no matter what, when he is leaving that house, the house of a wife, when the time of her rotation is over, her night is over and it's the next morning and he's leaving that wife's house, there are those emotions of a wife going, oh, you're leaving. And Cody never felt like that was happening when they were all living in one house. He never felt when it was his night with someone else, another wife was feeling like he was leaving. Next, Cody heads to Janelle's house and he aggressively holds her face. When he comes into her house, he goes in for a kiss without really giving Janelle an option to back out. Knowing Janelle doesn't like PDA and there's a camera right there. Janelle kind of complains that Cody just drops his bags on the floor. She doesn't want Cody leaving his stuff on the floor. And he says he's going to take it up in a minute. Cody explains that he, Mary and Janelle are all out of their careers now because they moved. And for Cody, it's easy to go into anything sales because it's all about communication And apparently Cody thinks he is good at communication. According to him, he's good at playing the part of the used car salesman and he loves it. He's good at that. Cody doesn't want to be working in sales anymore. Cody wants to own a business. He's moved up in the world. He wants to be an entrepreneur. Janelle says she is still bringing her transferable skills here. Janelle is very practical and she says, She is the financial planner. She's the money watcher in the family. She makes the dollars and cents work and it has to work on paper. And Janelle tells Cody, now they need to find the one thing that sings to all of them. Now that one thing they landed on after they tried to do the gyms and then Cody said no in favor of supporting my sister wife's closet, that one thing that they chose to pursue didn't sing to all of them. It only sung to Robin. My sister wife's closet. Janelle says that she has discovered that she is independent and she has no problem going and doing her own thing. But it has been more about the lack of time that she has had with Cody in these last few months. Now remember, Christine said when they moved to Vegas, things changed. Cody wasn't as equal with his time. He wasn't as invested. He was mostly at Robin's house. So even Janelle is noticing that she has no problem being independent. She has no problem doing things on her own, but she has noticed it's been about the lack of time she has had with Cody these last few months, basically since they've come to Vegas. Now, when Janelle started to engage in their business planning, then things were better for her. 
We know that Janelle is very ambitious. She's very business-minded. And she has a very strong work ethic. And she feels fulfilled the most when she is working. So when she gets to engage in business planning and really making this business work and getting it from paper into a concept that is able to work in real life and going through all those steps to make it into something tangible, she feels good because she has ambition, she has a strong work ethic, she has a purpose, she feels fulfilled, so things are getting better for her. Christine says she doesn't know how to go from finding a good idea and then setting it in motion. And Janelle says, but she knows how to do that. So, of course, it's Cody's night with Janelle and Savannah and Gabe are play fighting. Cody breaks it up. Cody says Savannah was getting hurt and Gabe says it was self-defense because she attacked him. Cody says he isn't buying it. She just wanted to play with Gabe. So Cody lets Gabe know he has to be a gentleman. He has to behave. Janelle is preparing dinner and Cody is hanging onto her shoulders. He's complaining that he's hungry. He's begging her for attention. He's saying he's in a weakened state from his hunger. He's so dramatic like a child. So Janelle is ready to feed him. It's obvious he's doing all this affection, hanging on Janelle, hanging onto her shoulders for show, for the cameras, and it's very obvious that Janelle feels very awkward about it. Cody is very childish with saying he's in a weakened state, and it really is very childlike and very diva-like. So Janelle really wants to feed him. She probably wants him to shut the fuck up. Now, Janelle says they really focus on having the kids involved with them. So Cody and Janelle always involve the kids, And Janelle and Cody like to sit with their kids. They like to sit with the kids all around them and talk about what's going on with them. That's their thing. That's how they have a family life in their home. And Janelle says she has to be conscious to say that she needs to break away to have alone time with Cody because they like to spend so much time with their kids. It's not at all surprising that Janelle prioritizes her kids, that she focuses on her kids, From Becoming Sister Wives, we learned that Janelle really wanted a strong, involved, really good father for her kids. And one of the things that drew her to Cody was she saw Cody interacting with a lot of his cousins and a lot of the kids on the family ranch. And he was very good with them. And really what she cared about, she didn't care about romantic love and that kind of a thing or soulmates. All she cared about was having a good father figure for her kids. So that's what kind of drew her to Cody because she saw that he was good with kids. And she didn't have a father figure growing up. She just had her stepdad. I don't think she was that close to her stepdad. So having a father figure for her kids was important to her. Cody wants to go for a drive with Janelle. He wants to take Janelle to this area that he and Janelle like to start looking for a property, for a house possibly. And Logan is watching the kids, so Cody advises Logan not to let the kids burn the house down, and he says everything will be fine. Gabe asks what happens if he does burn the house down, and Janelle says she just has to get out of this house. I think that even as a kid, Gabe seems to really want and need attention from his dad, and even as he got older, all he wanted was a good relationship with Cody. And Cody rejects Gabe every time, 
even doing things like forgetting the day that Gabe was born. And it hurts Gabe very deeply. Gabe wants his dad, but he probably feels like his dad doesn't want him. And it's kind of sad to watch these old episodes knowing exactly what is coming and seeing Gabe as a little kid wanting his dad's attention, fighting with Savannah, hoping he gets his dad's attention, asking what happens if he burns the house down. And he's just joking to get them to laugh. He has a good sense of humor. But he clearly just wants his dad's attention. And even as an adult, Gabe really wanted a relationship with his dad. He wanted his dad to communicate with him. He wanted to know his dad better. He wanted to spend time with his dad. And it feels like his dad just doesn't give a fuck and rejects him. And on top of that, his dad does things like forgetting his birthday. It's kind of heartbreaking. It's devastating. It is really sad to watch these old episodes knowing what is coming. Janelle thinks the big picture for the family, what she envisions is to have four homes on one lot, like having their own neighborhood. They don't have the money right now, but they still can put the dream machine to work. And they believe there is a lot of benefit to putting that energy out there. You know what? I will say this. What you envision in your mind, if your mind is positive, you're going to get positive back. If your mind is negative, you're going to get negative back. And what you envision, what you dream about, if you believe that it's possible and that it can come to fruition, as long as it's semi-reasonable, it can come if you believe in yourself. If you really want something and you're willing to work at it, but you in your mind believe it's never going to be a possibility and you don't allow yourself to dream that maybe it's possible, it won't come to you. Mindset is everything. Now, Maddie says she sees Cody more than every four days, but it's still weird not living together. Cody is going to hang a TV for Janelle. And Cody says that he and Janelle have always had a very sweet and easy relationship. They had tough times too, times when they had to assess things. But Cody says the beautiful thing about he and Janelle is they had Cody's first child ever together. And of course, that would be Logan, their oldest son. They had a beautiful experience having Logan and raising Logan. Cody says Logan is a wonderful child and all of his children are wonderful. So wonderful to him that he doesn't attend their major surgeries or remember the day that they are born. Cody says his tightest connection with Janelle is their kids. Cody says a beautiful example with Janelle is the time in his life when he was struggling with Mary. Janelle got in Cody's face and she told him to work this out with Mary because Mary is worth it. And then he and Mary faced the music with each other and they worked out their relationship after that. Cody says Janelle has this effort in devotion to the entire family and he loves that. So Cody says Janelle is devoted to the entire family. He loves it. Contrast that to this season when he asked her to become Robin, to be loyal like Robin, when all Janelle has ever done is sacrifice for the whole family. It's so convenient how he forgets now. Cody can't find the right nuts and bolts and screws to hang the TV. Janelle tries to help him, but Cody doesn't really listen. 
Cody heads to Christine's to see what she has because she has a whole bag of stuff that he might be able to use to hang the TV. Cody says he is always running from one house to the other. He either needs clothes or tools or this or that, and he doesn't know what's where. Christine helps Cody. Her TV stand came with extra hardware and she kept it. Robin conveniently comes over to Christine's house when she discovers that Cody is over there. And Cody lets Robin know he is hunting for screws and nuts and bolts to hang Janelle's TV. Cody gets back to Janelle's and he tells Janelle that Robin was there. And he asked Robin what she did to hang her TV, but Robin didn't know how she hung her TV. He checked out Christine's TV and what Janelle has available is too big. It's not going to work. So Cody now says he has to go to the hardware store to get exactly what Janelle needs since all four wives in all four homes don't seem to have what he needs. So Cody goes to the hardware store and he miraculously got back and he found the bag of screws for the TV mount at Janelle's house on the floor and it was there the entire time. Cody is frustrated. You can tell that he could get pissed and Janelle tells Cody she didn't know. She didn't know that was there. And Cody is frustrated, but he tells Janelle that he isn't blaming her. How could he? When she was trying to suggest things to him to help him, he refused to even listen to her. So Cody says there is this factor where today he doesn't feel like being this guy, the guy who has to go from home to home to home and be patient and loving and kind and communicative with four different independent, strong-willed women. Cody loves where he is at in these relationships, and he loves the experience they have had from coming from where they were in the past to where they have grown to be these days to these special places. And Cody says, then they have their bad days where it doesn't feel special today. So the commitment factor is huge because sometimes Cody feels like, I just don't like this. Cody says some of his wives struggled with the one big house in Utah because Cody wasn't always centered and present. He was floating. He was everywhere. He was omnipresent, but he was never really focused. I think Cody just kind of skated by in the one big house in Utah without fully engaging and investing in the same type of way at the same level he does with Robin with all of his wives and kids in one house because there were so many people and there was so much going on all the time and he kind of had similar investment levels with all of the wives and kids. So the wives may not have felt like he was deeply invested but they also didn't think he was capable of much more and they weren't noticing this glaring disparity among the wives with his investment level and time and attention and blah, blah, blah. Everyone was treated the same at the same level. But when Robin came around, it became obvious what Cody was capable of and what he was willing to do for Robin and her kids and what he wasn't willing to do for them. And then the wives really saw the disparity between the presence and investment at Robin's versus with them. And Cody was trying harder with Robin and they saw the difference between them and Robin and the kids. And the kids also saw a difference as well. Cody says on the confessional couch that he wants to support his wives on this. So he vows to them 
that he will be centered and present when they move. And Christine asks Cody if he promises that he is going to give more centered, focused time to her if they all live together and to everyone, that his time and presence will be more centered and focused with everyone if they all live together. And Cody tells Christine he will be present. And Christine says, okay, but it doesn't really sound like she believes him. I think she knows Cody all too well at this point. So it's Christine's turn in the rotation next, and he has bags in hand, and Christine hates that he comes to his home with her with a bag when he wants to sleep there. Christine says Cody has aged 10 years in the last few months, and she says he doesn't look happy at all. Robin agrees. Robin admits that Cody is not happy. My question is, when is Cody ever happy? When? When have we ever seen Cody happy ever? He thought he wanted monogamous bliss with Robin. He told Mary they were done making the choice for her. He pushed out Christine and Janelle with intention and he thought he would be happy with monogamous bliss. Yet last tell-all, he looked miserable and desiccated and angry and resentful, just emanating negativity with his goblin by his side. So what is it that would make this man happy? He wasn't happy in Utah or he would not have married a fourth wife to have more kids. He wasn't happy in Vegas. And Christine was very vocal about not being happy as well. He wasn't happy in Flagstaff. He used toxicity and abuse to push everyone out during uncertain times for the world during the pandemic when his wives and kids needed him to be their rock and their support the most. And the wives found their strength and their independence, and they had already found their independence way before this. Christine left, Janelle left, Mary had no choice but to leave, Cody left her, and he has Robin, his soulmate, all to himself, free from his family that he referred to as the obstacles to his goals in life. And Robin isn't happy to have Cody on her hands 24-7 either. Cody doesn't seem happy. Robin looks miserable. Cody looks miserable too. So when was Cody happy ever for real? Authentically, genuinely, really happy. I want to know because I haven't seen it yet. Robin says Cody isn't happy with the situation. And Mary says she wouldn't say Cody has aged 10 years. Christine insists Cody has aged a lot, but she says maybe he is always scowling when he is with her. Robin laughs at this, and Mary says maybe Christine needs to change something about that. Why is it on Christine? Maybe it should be on Cody. Maybe Cody is responsible for his own happiness and for also making an effort to try and fix his relationship with Christine. If Christine is the only one making an effort, it's not going to work, and clearly it didn't work. Christine says maybe Cody is scowling at her place, so he just looks angry and like he is aged. Christine says Cody looks very stressed out all the time. And Mary says there are a lot of times that she gets very angry with Christine because she doesn't see Christine doing what she knows Christine is capable of. Why isn't she angry at Cody because she doesn't see Cody doing what she knows he is capable of? Marriage takes two people making an effort. And Christine's primary unhappiness is her marriage and Cody making her feel like she isn't as important as Robin 
and Cody investing more at Robbins as her marriage crumbles and Cody refuses to make any effort at all. And here Mary is saying Christine is capable of doing more. No one seems to mention that Cody is responsible too and Cody should be held accountable too. Why is all of this only on Christine? That's absolutely unfair. Mary says she and Cody had a rough time a couple of years ago. So a part of Mary wants to just shake Christine and say, learn from me. Let me just tell you how it is and what you need to do to fix it. Mary says it's not always that easy and you have to give it your all to make it work. Well, what about Cody? Is Cody really giving it his all? Christine, by the way, looks pissed. She is staring straight ahead, not even looking at Mary as Mary is saying this right in front of Christine on the confessional couch. Christine says that she and Cody's relationship used to be easy. It used to be no work. And she would look at their marriage and think that they were the best couple she had ever seen. Until Robin came into the family, she was the last wife and it was for a very long time. So Christine says she has a lot of conflicts going on inside her. Remember, she was the last wife since before Logan was ever even born. And they had all been that way for at least 16 years, if not for longer. So Robin coming into the family really affected Christine the most because her relationship with Cody changed the most with Robin's arrival. Now, Christine's source of unhappiness comes from a lot of internal conflicts. And she wants her relationship with Cody back to how it was, where it was easygoing and it was a piece of cake. She wants it back and she doesn't feel special anymore. Cody is at Christine's and he is cuddling with Isabel, the daughter whose heart he later breaks on repeat. And he says, it's hard to have the kids spread out like this. He likes the kids to be able to see each other all of the time. And he also wants to be able to see his kids all the time. McKelty and Aspen are fighting, I think over a turtle, I don't know, and Cody gets up to break the fight up, and he warns them that he is close to grounding them both, and Peyton is super enthusiastic about this. He begs his dad, please. Cody asks the kids to stop arguing, and Christine thanks Cody, and she lets him know she has to do what he just did 24-7 and play referee. Cody comments that ornery daughters aren't fun and he asks Isabel if she is ever ornery to him. And Christine says no, Isabel is never ornery to daddy. Seeing Isabel sit with her dad and eat up his attention and love as a young child, knowing how Cody breaks her heart, it is so sad. Cody's kids love Cody so much, they adore him, and he lets them down. He lets Gabe down and Isabel, and Gabe and Isabel really seem to want their dad's attention and love, even as little kids. In this episode, we see them really wanting Cody's love and affection and attention. So to know how much Cody hurt them over and over, it's so sad because they don't deserve this, and they did nothing to deserve all the suffering that he caused them. Cody isn't even cognizant of how hurt they are. He bitches and moans about disrespect when he doesn't behave in ways that would even earn respect. Christine says Isabel is never ornery to Cody or to Mary. The only person Isabel is ornery with is her. 
Pody points out that Isabel is always mean to her mom, but sweet to him. And Christine says Isabel is sweet to him and to Mary. And Isabel says Mary is nice and they get to watch movies. And she plays with Mary's dollhouse. And Cody tells Isabel Mary is very nice. And Christine thanks Cody for that. Cody is laughing at this. He absolutely loves it. He asks Isabel, so mom isn't nice or mom is nice too? And Isabel says her mom is nice too. So they're having a family dinner at Christine's house tonight. They haven't figured out if Robin is having a boy or a girl. Cody and the boys are playing in the pool. Cody even jumps in in all of his clothes. Even Hunter is happy and participating. Janelle says it's the most fun she has seen Hunter have in a very long time. And as we remember, Hunter was very depressed with this move. He basically sat in his room. He was very unhappy. He wasn't really participating in his life. He was very down. So this is one of the first times that Janelle has seen Hunter really participate and come out of his shell. Christine says jealousy is a normal emotionally, especially in a situation like this where a new wife is coming along. She says being set aside is a normal emotion for the last wife who came before the new wife. And Christine just thought that she would go through this faster and it would be easier for her. Christine says she's a strong person at her core and she just has to get back to her core and just really start there again. Next, everybody is going over to Robin's house to hear the announcement of if she is having a boy or a girl, the big gender reveal. Robin is concerned that a couple of her kids won't feel as excited because of the gender of the baby. Who really cares what the gender of the baby is as long as the baby is healthy? Does it really matter? You don't even know what the child will identify as later on in life, even if they are born a boy or a girl. As they grow up, they might identify differently. I don't even really think the gender matters. I think the most important thing is the health of the baby. That's the only thing I would be concerned with. And if anything was wrong, I would want to raise my child to have every opportunity and advantage anyone else had if possible and have them believe in themselves. Whatever gender, either way, it's a blessing. I don't get the hoopla over it. I would prefer health above all else and take whatever I get and feel blessed by it. Everyone gets whatever they are meant to get, whether it's a boy or a girl. If they are healthy, just be happy and feel blessed. Cody says, if a sister wife has another sister wife having a child, it's an opportunity for them to unite and be closer together around that child. And he always felt like truly coming into the family just added more to the bonding nature of the family. And Christine says, she chose to marry Cody as a plural wife. She loves her sister wives. She loves all the kids phenomenally. She doesn't want to trade it. She would never trade it. She wants to stick it out and she wants it better. Cody says the five of them and their kids are vitally important to one another. And the option and the choice is there to leave for anybody in their marriage. But he says, if you check in a little while, Christine will be better. Cody says he and Christine will work this out. We know how that turns out. Now, next they show the sonogram video and it announces the gender. Obviously, we know it's a boy. 
If you look at Maddie's face during this whole gender reveal, she is not feeling it. She looks pissed. She kind of looks apathetic, like she doesn't give a fuck what sex the baby is. During this whole announcement, she just is like not into it. Dayton is very happy that it's a boy. It's what he wanted. Robin thinks sometimes Dayton is lonely and to have a little brother that looks up to him would be fun for him. Cody thinks the family is excited and a new baby is wonderful. Cody is so wrong about Christine when he says that they will be fine. And he says Christine will be better. Why is it on Christine to be better? Why does no one point out Cody's responsibility and accountability in the marriage too? When Mary says she just wants to shake Christine and tell her what to do and that you just have to give it your all, it's as if Christine isn't giving all that she has. She already is giving all she's got. It's insulting. Why is everyone putting this solely on Christine? It's on Cody too. And Cody is not happy. Robin and Christine both point that out this episode. This is not all on Christine. It's also on Cody. A marriage takes two people. You don't just marry yourself. Why does no one hold Cody accountable? Cody is unhappy and he always was unhappy despite his used car salesman charisma. Deep down, he's a miserable guy and he makes everyone around him miserable too when he's miserable. He says when they get one house or four houses next to each other, then he'll be happy. But he was never happy, not in Vegas, not in the cul-de-sac when they had the ideal situation with four houses in the cul-de-sac. He wasn't really happy in Utah or he wouldn't have married Robin. He wasn't happy in Flagstaff, even after ridding himself of the obstacles to his goals in life as he called his family. The problem isn't anyone else. The problem is Cody. The problem isn't Cody's lot in life or his choice to live in a plural family or when they move here or when they move there or when they get this house or when they do this business or when this happens or when they do this. The problem is Cody and Cody is responsible for his own happiness. And I really don't think despite his facade that he ever was very deeply happy. That's the thing, regardless of your cards or your lot in life, regardless of your situation in life, it's up to you to find happiness. Happiness cannot be dependent on anyone or anything outside of you. Can't be dependent on your looks or superficial things or having love or outside relationships or having this house or doing this or doing that. And you can't pin your happiness on other people. Happiness is your responsibility regardless. And Cody has issues. This charismatic, happy, bubbly person is a character, a show that Cody puts on for his ego. But inside, he seems like an insecure guy. And I'm not saying it's what Christine said in making a choice to be happy. It's obviously not that simple. If it was, everyone would feel like they're at Disneyland every day of their life if that's what makes them happy. But to find happiness, you have to know on a deep level what makes you happy to be able to promote happiness within yourself. It doesn't come from money. It doesn't come from outside relationship. It comes from you. It doesn't matter what your situation is in life. If you put your happiness on outside things, on relationships, on this, on that, you will never, ever be happy. Figure out what it is you love from your soul way deep down and enjoy it a little each day. Start there and you could be in the worst situation in life 
and still find joy. But you have to want to. Cody is unhappy from himself. And no matter what situation he is in, monogamist, polygamist, house, no house, money, no money, he will be unhappy. Even in the cul-de-sac when they had the four homes, which is what he wanted, he was not really happy because it's not his situation making him unhappy. It's not polygamy. It's in Cody. It's Cody. It's Cody who has to find his happiness and he still hasn't and that's sad for him. And it's sad that he made everyone's life miserable and he caused all this hurt and all this damage to everyone around him to achieve removing what he thought were the obstacles to his goals in life, his family, in order to have a happiness that is just an empty illusion. Is Cody happier with monogamy with Robin? I guess we will see in season 18 of Sister Wives, but somehow I don't think so. That does it for this episode of My Sister Wives Rewatch. I'll be back next week with Sister Wives Season 3, Episode 5, Defending Polygamy. I have been looking forward to this episode. I think this may be the episode where Cody's high school friends meet up with him and he reveals that he's a polygamist and not all of them are so kind to him. And one of Cody's classmates reveals that because of the way Cody used to dress, they thought that he was gay. A viewer of mine brought up that maybe because Cody was bullied and people made assumptions about his sexuality, he was insecure and he wanted to prove everyone wrong and really show them. And that maybe catalyzed him wanting a plural family because of this deep-seated insecurity over some high school bullying. I don't know. I'm not a shrink to know why one does this or why one does that, but it's a very interesting theory. And it was a very thought-provoking comment. I'll have to find it and read it in the next episode. To my YouTube viewers, please like, subscribe, and let me know your thoughts in the comments section if you like. I'll see you next week. Thanks for listening. Bye.